I feel like our past several episodes. Welcome to another episode of Called Bank. This one, I feel like our past several episodes have really just been game reviews, which have been great. Um, I've had fun doing them. Hopefully, you've been enjoying them. But in this video, we're going to talk a little bit as a whole overview of what we've seen from the Jazz so far this season. Uh, so don't forget, if you like the video, hit the like button down below. If you want to see more Jazz videos, hit the subscribe button. Any Anything you do to support us, we really appreciate it and it really helps us out. So let's get into it. Uh, Nate, what has... What, uh, excuse me. What have been some of your major like trends that you've seen over these first few games for the Jazz? I think it. We've seen a lot of Conley just becoming the player that we all hoped he would, and also seeing Gobert really earn his contract. Both of them have just played absolutely outstanding these first few games. And while the Jazz have lost a couple games that I don't think they should have lost, you know, with when you compare talent to talent. Overall, I'm happy to see, especially last night, that they're beginning to mesh a lot more than they looked like they had after the Portland game this year. Yeah, Mike Conley, I feel like that was one reason why a lot of people were counting the Jazz out, because they felt like Mike Conley was overrated, especially after his first season with the Jazz. Um, I feel like most of the people who thought that didn't really watch the Jazz later in the season or in the playoffs because I think Mike Conley's he's doing better now than he was then but when you watched him in the playoffs he was a positive factor on the floor it's not like you you didn't want him to shoot like because you thought he would miss he was hitting his shots he was he was doing a lot of um, great stuff for the Jazz and he's just continuing that now and he had an awesome game last night against the Clippers which is awesome to see that there's someone who can really take the scoring load off of Donovan Mitchell when uh, Donovan Mitchell's shots aren't falling. So that's been no. exciting to see. Yeah, that is has been super exciting to see. And I think that the th- biggest thing with the end of last season in the bubble and the playoffs in the bubble is Conley didn't have to compete with Bojan for the ball. And so that was definitely something that allowed Conley to get up a lot more volume in his shots and just to be able to have a better rhythm. And so... My concern the beginning of this season was that Bojan was going to be back and you'd still have Bojan, Donovan, and Mike to get the ball and get shots. And Bojan had a good game, I think, against the Thunder. But other than that, he's had a really rough start. He's just averaging 11.2 points a game. And then Donovan, while he's averaging 19.8, has been putting up way too many shots, in my opinion to only be averaging 20 points. Um, Last night, he did a much better job of passing the ball, understanding that he's struggling right now and that Mike is the one with the hot hands, that Rudy has hot hands, and getting them the ball instead of just trying to create and get out of his slump by himself. Well, he will need to get out of that soon, and hopefully he can do that when we play some of these really crappy Eastern Conference teams coming up. Um to be able to say this is what we need to do to win tonight is something that I really loved seeing from Mike from um, Donovan because I don't feel like you see that from a lot of superstars and in particular a lot of young superstars. Yeah, and something interesting with like because Donovan he has he has not been very efficient um, so far this season. He's been getting his points, but it's been like on like forty percent or less from the field typically. Um, and 
I didn't really notice that because, like, a lot of times, like, you see that from superstars. You're just like, okay, that's that's how it is. Uh, when the offense isn't going, give them the ball, and they they go and try to make a play. But something that I thought was interesting was when I was prepping to, like, before the Jazz-Suns game, I was reading some previews written, uh, actually, from the point of view from the Suns. It was a journalist who was covering the Suns um, writing about that. And he said that one thing that the Suns were going to pay attention to was how Donovan Mitchell, he gets his points, but even if he's not making shots, he keeps shooting, which I'm fine with because that's kind of the mindset that you need to have. Kobe had those games where he was like two for 28, but he didn't lose that confidence. So I'm glad that Mitchell isn't losing his confidence when he's not hot, but I feel like the Suns, knew that coming in and they kind of just said let Mitchell take his shots don't give him shots in the paint but if he wants to shoot threes let him shoot threes like give him a little bit of extra space and he hurts you a couple times but um, overall like if you can just force him into a slightly tougher shot and kind of bait him into that then that might have been a major reason why the Suns won I don't know if that was the strategy going in but um Mitchell's field goal percentage looked like that. Um, so uh, Mitchell has, I feel like he has been a little disappointing so far at the beginning of the season. So is there anything that you want to see from him in particular uh, to kind of get back to where where he was last season? I just want to see him keep other teammates involved and stay involved um, himself. I think that, I mean, who are the Jazz playing? The Jazz on Sunday are playing the Spurs and we're going to do another podcast and drop it later today on that seven game road trip. So stay tuned for that. And then they're playing the nets. Um, so Spurs is a team that hopefully he'll be able to just manhandle a lot more, but they have started off pretty good this season. So once you get down the line though, and you have the Pistons and the Cavaliers and the wizards, I'm hoping that um, in those games, we're able to just let him go at it and let him just be as bad or as good as he can be to get back in a rhythm. But up until then, like if it's a close game, I think that the jazz are very capable of beating any team that they play without Donovan having a great night. And so just having him understand that he has all-star or offensive talent around him. Bojan might not be a all-star player when it comes to the defensive side, but at least what he showed last year was he's definitely an offensive caliber all-star. And then Mike is someone who would have been an all-star multiple seasons had he been in the East, but because he was in the West, I mean, just not enough slots for him to make that team. So I just would like to see him persevere a bit longer. And then once we get to the end of our um, away stretch against just some really bad teams, just letting him go at it and, do whatever he needs to do to get back on in rhythm. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's been five games so far, so it's tough to really pin down who the Jazz are and what kind of season each player is going to have. But we've had five games to kind of see how they're starting, um, and it's. I feel like the Jazz like they have players who are either we're excited how they're doing, we think they're really fitting, like doing what we want them to and there's other players that like um who are just that's not what we 
expected from them or they're just underperforming. Um, I don't think there's many players in the middle ground. I might put Mitchell right in the middle because he's, I think he's still doing a lot of good things. It's just, um, it's not as good as I was hoping he would be this season. But we talked about Conley. He was great. I think uh, Gobert is undervalued. Um, We were talking a little bit before we started filming, but I think Gobert, he's one of those players that you really need to study into his film to really appreciate everything he does. Because he's not like he's not like an all-star or superstar like Kevin Durant, where obviously you see him scoring forty and he's just lighting it up from three, and you understand his value immediately, even just after looking at the box score. But the little things that Gobert does on defense, just to make things harder for the other team, how he can move, because you see him come up to the free throw line on defense, and you see him like if someone drives, he his quickness back to the rim is incredible for how large he is and his um and we've been talking i don't think we've talked much on on our videos about it but nate and i we've been texting back and forth about gobert screen assist stats and i don't know like how much weight you want to put on that stat but he is leading the league there and that's something where um obviously like any big man could be in the running for that and it depends a lot on the coach and the style of offense that they play but I think Gobert knows where to screen, uh, how to get to the basket, and how to make it so that it's easier for the ball handler in that pick and roll to uh, either lay it up. Or so I think I think it's something that it's not just an eye test. You have to really dig into what he's doing to appreciate everything. So I would put him in that camp with Conley, where uh, he's almost overperforming what I expected him to do, even though it's pretty similar to last season. Definitely. I mean, the specific screen um, assist stat that has blown my mind was when they played the Oklahoma City Thunder. Rudy Gobert had 17 screen assists for 42 points. That's averaging 2.47 points a screen assist. So, I mean, if anyone had 17 screen, had if anyone had 17 assists, that would just be like mind blown. 17 assists for 42 points just talk about one of the greatest point guards in the league and screen assist can be a bit easier, but to show just how much he impacts the jazz offense. Since when you look at it, like there's no one close when it comes to the number of screen assists in the NBA who plays like a substantial number of games. So I mean, his worst night was, um, well was against Oklahoma city, but Last night, while he only had 12 points and 9 rebounds, he did that in 24 minutes because of some silly foul trouble um, on just some questionable calls. So being able to watch him be that effective and just playing two quarters and also then, though, watch Derek Favors come in and show you why we signed Derek Favors. He's had a couple of rough games, but like being able to continue that defensive presence in the key has just absolutely changed who the Jazz are from uh, being able to go out, play the whole game, and be able to win games where last year we would have lost because as much as I loved Ed Davis and as much as I'd love Tony Bradley, they just were nowhere near the level of player that Gobert is. Yeah, I I agree that like that Conley, Gobert, Favors, I'd probably throw Bogdanovich in with that camp of players I'm really happy with so far. 
know, it's five game, games in. Um, but the Jazz lost two games that I think everyone thought they should have won. The Suns are obviously looking really good so far, so I'm not going to blame them too much for that one. There's some people talking that the Suns may be contenders for a title this year, which sounds crazy at first, but isn't as crazy when you think about it. Because if you put Devin Booker, um, if he can score anywhere close to like James Harden, then this team is a lot like that Rockets team that almost made it to the finals. And, and they have DeAndre, they have some nice pieces around Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, so I'm not going to blame the Jazz too much for that. There's there's definitely some issues to learn from it. The Timberwolves game is one that they should have won, but it came down to a stupid mistake at the end. And um, I don't think they should kick them kick themselves in like too hard for that one. But obviously, having like those closer games that they lose to teams that we thought they should have won to, there's some issues going on. Um, and so I feel like there's some players on the Jazz that I don't know what's going on with. Like Joe Ingles, I've seen some nice things from him, but I've also seen some, like, sometimes he just doesn't look like he knows what's going on out there or he just, uh, he's a little casual when he has the ball in his hands. Um, and so, uh, and like, same with Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal doesn't have the ball in his hands as much, but... Um, I just think he's not like doing anything specifically bad, but it's just he's not really like um, you see him out on the court for 25, 30 minutes and you don't realize he's there for most of the time. So and he's he is that kind of player because he kind of fits in with the other four players in the starting lineup. But um I, I would like to see more out of those two players specifically. Yeah. I mean, to just give Royce O'Neal some credit, he is currently shooting 41.2% from three. And while he doesn't jack up a lot of them, his role is mainly floor spacing. Mm-hmm. Um, stick him in the corner. You know, he's someone you have to stay out on because if you give him an open three pointer from the corner, like more likely than not, it's in. It's frustrating when he misses those shots but it's also a lot easier to remember a miss as a jazz fan in a close season than it is to remember his makes. So that is definitely something I have to remind myself of. Um, Joe had a much better night than he's had in the past. Um, It's definitely what you want to see from him more. So he did play 33 minutes um, and he got 11 points, seven assists, eight rebounds. Ideally you have um, Bojan and Mitchell making a lot more of their shots to um, make it. So he's not the third leading score or not. He was the fourth leading scorer since Gobert got 12, but I don't like you said, it's not enough to like totally freak out. It's disappointing. Had they lost last night, I think it's a lot more negative of an outlook on the first five games, but I don't as much as I think that the, um, that the nuggets dropped off. I don't think anyone thinks that they're a one in four team or that, um, the Dallas Mavericks are a two and three team or that Houston Rockets is going to stay at one and two as long as they have Harden. So there's definitely going to be a lot of course corrections just with teams that got hot, like the Phoenix Suns, um, who will probably still make the playoffs, but are going to cool down since it is something to remember that the Orlando magic are currently tied for the one seed in the East. 
So crazy things have happened this season that are definitely going to um change and kind of even out as we get more games and a bigger sample size um on the court this in 2021. Yeah. I and I agree we only have so much that we have to base our decisions off of. 5 games isn't isn't very much like I feel like after 15 20 games then we can start really understanding like who each team is. Um, but I'm like, they haven't started out as hot as I thought they would, but it hasn't like, they've still won big games. Like they beat the Clippers and, uh, that was a big game. They fell off a little bit in the fourth, but excuse me. But if you want to hear our, our Nate's analysis about that game, we put it up yesterday. I'll put it up in the card so you can just click that. But everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll, post a video later tonight kind of talking about what to expect out of the jazz road trip but leave in the comments what you learned from these first five games and does this change your predictions for how the jazz will finish the season and what they'll do in the playoffs Uh, and don't forget to like and subscribe and thanks for tuning in again go jazz